Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom, this is Rabbi Joshua Heller, and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Today we're studying Yevamot Daf Kuf Chaf, 120. I thought that the show CSI had been canceled. Crime scene investigation, it had a good run. After all, the spinoffs were definitely gone. I really couldn't imagine it was still on, but then I saw it. And I didn't even recognize it. Now Grissom was gone, and now Sam Malone from Cheers was solving all the Las Vegas murders. The medical examiner still named David, but it's not the same one I remember. Then I saw Nick and Sarah, and then I knew I was sure. Turns out CSI was one of the longest-running, scripted, primetime shows on TV. It's coming up on 15 years, which is like two Daf Yomi cycles. Wait, this is a podcast about Daf Yomi. And it turns out, though that CSI is very relevant to our daf today. We ask the same questions in a Mishnah that the Las Vegas Crime Lab might ask. How do we positively identify a body? What physiological characteristics remain unchanged after death, even under harsh conditions or long periods of time? If we saw a person who was gravely injured, can we assume that they actually died afterwards? Now, nowadays, we have a lot of ways of identifying a body fingerprints, dental records, even DNA. Back then, those methods weren't available. The gold standard, so to speak, was seeing the face with the nose. The Gemara even quotes a verse from Isaiah, Hakarat pnehem antabam, the recognition of their faces spoke for them. Now, there is the exception that proves the rule, that without a face, one can't identify someone. One rabbi, Abba Bar Marta, owed money to some rich and powerful people, the family of the exilarch. And so yet, he managed to fool them and walk right by them without detection by sticking a rag to his face with some wax. Now sometimes, the face isn't identifiable. What of other signs might you be able to use? So for example, a distinctive physical mark or mole. Well, it depends who you ask. We see a lot of views on the topic. Maybe, since the Bible doesn't mention these kinds of marks, they aren't considered distinctive enough. Or alternatively, it's possible that plenty of people might have the exact same mole. There was a belief back then that people born in the same astrological circumstances might have the same body markings and moles. Or maybe it has to be a very distinctive kind of mole with an unusual color. Or perhaps moles might change their characteristics after death. In the end, very distinctive or unique marks are sufficient. We also debate whether the changes that take place after death make it impossible to identify the deceased. Does it matter if the body was on land or on water? Was the temperature hot or cold? Some of the same issues we still see today. Nowadays, we'll also rely on objects found with the deceased. Wallet and its ID, distinctive jewelry, but not all objects are helpful. After all, two people might have the same clothing, or someone might have lent their belongings to the deceased. What did the Talmud have to say? Well, Plenty of objects might be lent to another person. 
you also might just happen to have the same clothes as someone else, or the same general color. On the other hand, there are some objects that a person would be very unlikely to lend out. So, for example, back then, a signet ring was not only a form of ID, but also a form of payment, kind of like a credit card today. And a person would never have lent it out. So you can assume if you found a signet ring on a person, then the person wearing it is the owner. The other major question we'll ask is, at what point can you assume that a person was definitely going to die? What if a limb was amputated? If the person had been crucified or hung? What if you saw wild animals eating the body? Now there's a contradiction between our Mishnah and one in Ohilot. The Mishnah Ohilot 1.6 deals with ritual impurity following death. And there the text would seem to imply that a person who is mortally wounded does not yet create ritual impurity as a corpse would, but we assume that they will die. And here we say that we can't draw such a conclusion. Now, of course, there's a logical explanation for the difference, which is that in matters of ritual impurity, we want to always assume, uh, just to be safe, that maybe there is impurity if we're not sure, but we don't want to assume that someone is dead unless we are positive. So in the end, we conclude, though, in our text, that the difference is the exceptions. So, for example, even if a person was cut with a sword, if the sword was hot enough, the wound might have been cauterized. Or, even if you saw the person's body being eaten or attacked by an animal, that animal might have been eating a non-essential organ. Now, in the end, we have much more advanced forensic techniques today than they did back then, but mistakes still do happen. There was a case in 2006 where two university students were riding in the same van, which was involved in a horrible accident. A young woman who survived was mistaken for another woman who had been killed in the same accident and vice versa. For weeks, the families did not realize the error, one burying the other sitting by the bedside of daughters not their own, until eventually the situation was unraveled. We understand all the more why our sages felt it important to be cautious about making a hasty identification. Now we'll see in the Dapim ahead that there are other kinds of evidence that we can use as well. In the end, it's risky to assume that someone is dead, unless, I suppose, you make sure of it yourself. Now, by the way, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but I just pulled off my sunglasses and looked into the Everglades, just like David Caruso. <laughs>